Welcome to the Direct Snap Dads podcast, where we cover the best in football. And now your hosts, Tyson and Luke Randall. Hey everyone, welcome to the Direct Snap Dads podcast. Hopefully my microphone's not cutting out like it's been. My internet is slow today. Tyson is joining me today. Tyson, how are you? Hey Luke, I'm doing great. It's a... The end of the season. I can't believe it. It is our last podcast of the regular season for 2018-2019. And we are relieved and excited and sad all at once. But uh, the first thing we're going to do, let's talk about the epic, awesome, amazing, star-studded, high-scoring affair that was not Super Bowl 53. (laughs) Oh, man. This game. Oh, my goodness. This is probably the worst Super Bowl. I I even think uh, the Ravens-Giants Super Bowl was better than this one. I really do. I mean, because at least it had some cool kick returns and, and defensive performance. What was going on in this game, Tyson? I, I don't know. I think the Rams were a tier below that Giants team that you were just talking <laughs> about. They they were a whole nother level of uh, scared, pathetic. I don't know what, what the deal was with the Rams, but they definitely weren't the same team that they've been all season. <laughs> My goodness, they were nothing. I mean, I, I'll hand it to their defense. The defense played all right because – if you would have told me before the game that they were going to hold the Patriots to 13 points, I'd be like, all right, this is going to be a really good performance by the Rams. But I didn't know that their offense was, uh, you know, reminiscent of the Cleveland Browns 2017 team. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's really ironic uh, that this season, uh, I was reading that this season had the most points scored ever. And then this, the Super Bowl, this is the lowest scoring Super Bowl in in history. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think even Super Bowl seven, the Dolphins Redskins was higher scoring than this. The fourteen seven. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's more points. And this this had a combined sixteen points. I mean, the first half, what was it? Three zero, three three. I I looked at it at halftime and I was like, oh my goodness, this is. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was three three at halftime, and the first Ugh. touch, the first touchdown wasn't even scored till there were like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Patriots finally put a drive together, and <laughs> that was, um, you know, Tom Brady's one shining moment. He had one shining drive, throwing it to Gronk, landing on the two yard line, and then they got it in to the end zone, but. Other than that, I mean, Brady did play better than Goff. I could say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Brady, you know, his passer rating was like 71.5. Definitely not his best game. He, he really didn't do anything. He threw a pick in the first quarter. I think he fumbled the ball once, too. And, you know, the only his only redeeming moment was that drive that they put together to score that touchdown. And that was basically all it took to win the game. <laughs> right. And Jared Goff, I don't know. I I said before in our last podcast, I did not trust him. You were absolutely right that you didn't trust Jared Goff. The 24-year-old just shattered under the pressure. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a a false start called on a quarterback. 
Oh he, man. he was so jumpy that that false start. I don't know if you saw that. That false start call was on him. He like jumped before the center even hiked the ball, and they called a false start on the quarterback. Uh, you know, I felt kind of bad for him. It, it, not really. You know, he's making way more money than me. I never feel bad <laughs> for any NFL players. But uh, you know, like he—he's 24. He's the youngest quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. Um, you know, at the end of the game, he kind of had, I don't know if he was crying, but he, you know, he looked really distraught and sad and, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll definitely get back and he'll, he'll make up for it in, in the future, but or you know, he it was won't. just, that, <laughs> he, might, true. he might just fall off the wagon from here on. Maybe he'll never get over it mentally, but we'll, that, we'll see, we'll see which way that goes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, I was extremely shocked I guess I wasn't too shocked that Julian Edelman was named the MVP. Yeah, what was that about? That was the lamest MVP choice I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I don't even understand it. He had, I mean, his numbers were okay. He had 10 catches for 141 yards. That's that's a, a decent amount of yards for a receiver. He, I think he had more combined yards than the Rams did the whole Rams team did in the first half. I really think they should have chose a defensive player for this MVP. When you have the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history, you've got to have a defensive player. You can't have a guy who had 10 catches and no touchdowns, you know? <laughs> yeah, I I was really disappointed in the call. I thought Stephon Gilmore should have been the MVP. Yeah, me too. That would have been my pick as well. <laughs> Yeah, he had five tackles, three passes batted down. He forced a fumble, um, and then he he had that game ceiling interception at the end. There, I know how I I don't get that. There's something going on. I that was really weird. Julian Edelman had a four game suspension for using performance enhancing drugs. Um, I it was just an interesting choice. I don't know what's going on. I know that the MVP of the Super Bowl has nothing to do with the rest of his season, but odd choice especially when he didn't score a touchdown and in such a defensively dominated game, you know, some people call it an old school game. Maybe it was, I lean on lame. I think it was a lame game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There were there, you know, there was a bit of that old school football feel, you know, where the defense, you know, didn't have its hands tied and was able to, to do its thing. Uh, but at the same time there, you know, there weren't any big plays like that, that Gronk catch was probably the biggest play of the whole game, you know, minus that interception, like the biggest play on offense was probably that Gronk catch, you know, that set up the touchdown. But other than that, there was like nothing. It was like short screens, two yard runs, uh, and just really bad performance by the Ram. They were, they were 0 and 8 on third down in the first half. They didn't get a yeah. first down until like the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> so, well, it was nice to see that the bar's been lowered for halftime shows as well. Um, things were getting too crazy between Katy Perry and Lady Gaga, and the way things were going was just expecting the most glamorous thing. And Maroon Five did us a favor and brought it down a notch and gave us just a milk toast performance. And uh, you know, I, I, it was it was a very interesting halftime show. I, I don't know who those rappers were that made an appearance either, but. I looked on YouTube and I saw that they had like at the time they had about fifty-four thousand likes and four hundred and twenty thousand dislikes <laughs> on their YouTube video. It was a failed halftime show from the looks of it. Oh yeah. 
my only thought from that was Adam Levine should probably keep his shirt on when he. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. He's, he's been working out. I mean, the man's buff, but you don't need to do that. I, I don't know why he felt the need to do that. Yeah, like, oh, and the other thing that bugged me so bad about the halftime show, that Fender Squire, or not that Fender Strat that Adam Levine had was incredible. And he did nothing with it. It wasn't even plugged in. Like, it was just for looks. And I was I was telling the people I was with, I was like, he better play that thing. Because yeah, that is an weird. awesome guitar. That is an awesome guitar. He better play that thing. And he did nothing with it. He just kind of danced around with his shirt <laughs> off and this cool well, guitar really thing. Because I, I actually, this this is going to sound so daddish of me, but I actually like Maroon 5. I, I used to hate him back in the day. But for some reason, I've come around to him, and I do like Adam Levine. But I, I was kind of like, "What?" with this performance. I guess I was just kind of expecting something different. And if you're right, if you're gonna have a guitar, you got to play it. You can't just have it for a prop. I mean, because he did play in later songs with different guitars, right? And I was like, "Hey, he's doing all right." But I don't know what that was about. That was a weird aesthetic choice. Yeah, um... almost as bad as taking his shirt off. <laughs> Right. And I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I used to like Maroon 5 back in the day, but you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of glad they played a couple of their older songs, but I can't stand them now. Like their music is so annoying to me. That I don't they've... like their um, moves like Jagger song. I, I don't like yeah. that song. I, I think that's kind of a sellout song. I, but I'm weird because I, I, I'll play sugar at the restaurant and stuff like that. And that gets me lots of tips. So, <laughs> so I, don't, I guess I don't mind it just for that reason, but you're right. They have some sellout songs. I really love their older stuff like this love and, and she will be loved and all the stuff off that album. I really like, but yeah, that, that's really the only album I like of theirs is that songs about Jane album. It's got yeah. all their good songs. <laughs> Hey, but I, I guess in a way it's a relief because the Super Bowl was just getting crazier and crazier halftime shows every year. And so it's nice that we just had this milk toast one <laughs> to kind of be right. like, okay, we can reset. We don't have to go too crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. One thing I wanted to mention uh, for anyone who was wondering about what the good commercials were, there weren't really any good commercials except for the NFL 100 commercial. I watched that like five or six times on YouTube after the fact because it was so cool. Uh, did you, you saw that? What, what did you Love think it. about you that? You sent me a link. I thought it was so cool. All the references and just how they got everyone to collaborate. I mean, they had the commissioner and Tom Brady in the same commercial. No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> but, how'd they pull that no, off? It was really cool. I mean, they had Goodell just doing the announcing and then every cameo that made an appearance, even if it was just Strahan turning around or Emmett Smith saying a couple words. Everything was just really awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. It was by far the best part of the entire Super Bowl. Yeah, it was really kind of a, like, I didn't realize it the first time I watched it, but the more I watched it, like, the the feet or the, you know, the history that was in that commercial. They had the, you know, they had the 1972 perfect season Dolphins. They had the, you know, people from the Steelers in the 70s. You know, they had Jim Brown even was in there and, like, all these old classic players all the way up to like the, you know, Saquon Barkley and Pat Mahomes were in there. You know, it was, it, it was really cool. 
and just you know the way that they did it was fun you know like a party where they start playing football at this formal get together <laughs> we would have cool. gone crazy for that as kids and we still do as adults it was it was pretty cool um but i just want to say to put a bow on this entire season um as they call it at the around the nfl podcast on the throne of sleaze sits william belichick and thomas b brady still the champions the probably the greatest dynasty in nfl history uh, some of the greatest figures in sports. So congratulations, William and Thomas. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call him William Belichick from now on. <laughs> hey, he, he he. I don't know if he would like that or not, but that's why well, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> one thing they probably will like is if they end up naming the renaming the Super Bowl, uh, the the Belichick and Brady Invitationals. Yeah, <laughs> they they might as well at this point. Three in a row. Seems like every year that they don't make it, they just miss by a sliver in the AFC championship game. So they're just always in the mix. And I'm guessing, you know, I'm I'm thinking they're going to be there next year and the year after for sure. We might have two more years of patriotism. <laughs> yep. We def we I, I they're I'm not out of it as long as it. I've accepted it. <laughs> yeah, I have too. And it, you know, when you kind of get over the fact that, you know, we don't like the Patriots. It's it's pretty cool, you know, because as a kid, I liked like Michael Jordan. It was fun to see the the greatness of a, a team or player kind of shine. And I'm trying to just enjoy, you know, because 50 years down the road, you know, this is going to be like one of those things like, you know, oh, Johnny Unitas or Joe Namath, one of these, you know, it'll be better than that. But like, you know, just yeah. one of those historic things like, oh, you remember 50 years ago, the Patriots were like, and it's going to be, I, I honestly think it's going to be bigger than the 70s Steelers, the 80s Niners, or the 90s Cowboys. It's it's going to just be bigger because it was two decades that it spanned. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, right now, it looks like it could stretch into three decades, just barely. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if they go another two or three solid years, then they will span more than, you know, they'll be heading up towards yeah. 30. <laughs> we, we Anyways. Phase phase three of the dynasty. The third Reich of William Belichick and his loyal subjects. Yeah. Um, so let's do some Super Bowl trivia, Tyson. You want to explain this next segment to our listeners? Yeah, so uh, we found some Super Bowl trivia online. Uh, there's four sections with five questions each. We don't have to go through all of them, but uh, I figured we could ask the question on here and then... Luke and I could try to guess, and then we'll see how well we do on this this Super Bowl trivia. So first one, like first one to five points or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. So but there's if, I, if one of us gets to five, and we've just been back and forth, like the home team, the visiting team gets to match or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got easy, medium, hard, or very hard. What uh, category do you want to start with? Let's start with easy. Let's just get the easy ones out of the way. Okay. And then we'll work up. So the question is, so there's a picture of a Rams quarterback, number 13. Uh, Warner. <laughs> yep. That's that the only yeah. Rams 13 I can think of. I didn't even need to see the picture. <laughs> yeah. It says this quarterback holds the Super Bowl record for most career passing yards with 1,156. That's and one. it says, who is it? Kurt Warner. Very good. All right, cool. Let's so, get one. Okay, next question. What team won Super Bowl 
41 in the 2006 season? And the answer is the Indianapolis Colts. I had to beat the Bears. Yep, you got it. All right, my turn. Let's move up to a medium. Okay, category of medium. Of the eight Super Bowl games in which the Dallas Cowboys appeared, how many did they win? (laughs) This is a medium question. Let's see. I just have to think through this. I think five. I'm going to say five. Okay. Five. Yep. You got it. I had to think through that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My question. What defensive player was MVP of Super Bowl 35 in the 2000 season? And that was definitely Ray Lewis. And I got that one right. (laughs) Nice. Man, these are easy. What team won the first one? Oh, okay. Is is this a hard or a medium? That's a medium. Let's go to category hard here. Yeah, we need hard questions. Okay. At what Super Bowl did the Oakland Raiders become the first wildcard team to win a Super Bowl? To win a Super Bowl? Yep. Oh, boy. And they were the Oakland Raiders at this time. Just a hint. Oh, okay. So your your choices are so there's four choices. Oh Super good, Bowl, I get choices. <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl 15, Super Bowl 10, Super Bowl 40 and Super Bowl 20. So two of those didn't even feature the Raiders. Yeah, I was going to say they weren't in two of those. What were the so not 10 and not 20? What were the other two choices? So 15 and 10. And then 40 and You know, 20. I'm going to say 15. It almost seems like the one that beat the Eagles could have been it. Yep. That oh, is good. correct. <laughs> That's and nice. Okay. The Raiders were actually the first wild card team to ever make it and win the Super Bowl. So, And that was the year they did it. Nice. Okay. So here's my question. What team holds the record for most points scored in a Super Bowl? That's definitely the 49ers. 55 to 10 <laughs> on the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> so so we okay. can either go to five or we can go until one of us misses like two of them or something. I don't know. Or misses one. I don't even know. First one to miss loses. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go to category. They actually only have five questions in each category. Oh, okay. It looks like. So let's do the whole. So there's five questions in very hard. Yeah. Let's just go to those. All right. Cool. Okay. All right, which team has had the most first downs in a Super Bowl game? Oh! The choices are the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Steelers, or the Broncos. Holy cow. I feel like it could be any of those. <laughs> the mo- Wait, is this like first downs collectively in all their Super Bowl appearances or just in one Super Bowl they had the most? In one. In one Super Bowl they had the most. <sighs> Well, I am not sure about this, but I do feel like there's a good chance the 49ers could hold that because of the Denver stuff. But then again, they had a bunch of big plays. So, oh, that's tough. You know, I think because of Emmett Smith, I'm going to go with the Cowboys and I'm probably going to regret it because it's probably the Niners. <laughs> but I choose Cowboys. <laughs> so the answer was the 49ers. Oh! <laughs> Well, I'm out. Oh, oh, you're, you're... Well, I, I might get out here. Let's see. According to Nielsen, which of the following Super Bowls had the most television viewers? 
Hmm. So Super Bowl 13, which was the Steelers and Cowboys. Super Bowl 45, which was the Steelers and Packers. 42, Patriots and Giants. Or 44, Colts versus Saints. That's tough. I mean, that's one of those is stupid. <laughs> but the yeah. other kind of tough. You know, there's three that are more recent, and then the Super Bowl 13 is the old one. Which makes me think that it's Super Bowl thirteen because ratings have declined over the years. Hmm. So I'm gonna guess Super Bowl thirteen, Steelers and Cowboys. No. I was gonna <laughs> say that was the choice I thought was the stupid one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was well, like, there just weren't as many people back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I got played by the system, I guess. Uh, which one is it? So, Super Bowl 45, Steelers and Packers. Huh. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Does it say that that's the most of all time or just out of those four? Uh, all time. Oh, okay. Huh. That's so, weird. I didn't even watch that one. <laughs> yeah. I I got played on that one. I guess I wasn't I thinking in the same way you were. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, let's do one more and let's both pick an answer. And then look at the answer after we both pick one. But this one's for Pat! Then we'll call it good. Okay. What was the attendance of Super Bowl forty in Detroit, Michigan? Holy cow. Was it 68,206, 69,101, 70,834, or 71,012? <laughs> what kind of question is this? Let's should we I don't know. I would want to pick the highest one. This would be my choice. <laughs> okay, I will I will go ahead and pick so you if you pick seventy one thousand twelve, I will pick a different I'll pick the seventy thousand eight hundred and thirty-four, the one right under it. Okay. Hey, you were right. It was ah, seven thousand twelve. Right. Well, this is <laughs> stupid. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> but this one's for Pat. Yeah, sorry, these weren't as good as I thought they would be. Oh, it's okay. No, they were pretty good. There were there were some good ones there. We, I think maybe we should create our own questions and give them to each other. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that, but I, I didn't really have time to plan. I just Googled. Well, you're good. No, this, this worked. I, I thought this was good. <laughs> hey, listeners. So we're starting to get close to winding down our final podcast of the season. Uh, Tyson has brought a football card for us to take a look at today. Tyson, what do you got for us? All right. So the card I've got today is a 1997 Upper Deck. Uh, Jerry Rice, uh, and the, the series is called Names of the Game, and they give nicknames to all the players on this, and Jerry Rice's is Goldfingers. Oh, nice. That's creative because of the 49ers, but I lost that card. I, we had the same cards that year. Like this, uh, We both had this collection of them anyways. Yeah, we did, and it's funny because I remember when we – first got them we were you were giving me all your dolphins cards and i was giving you all my 49ers cards and then we realized that they were all the same so we gave them back (laughs) yeah oh man that's great gold fingers good old jerry rice 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll read the back of it here. It says, having caught more passes for more yards and scored more touchdowns during his career than any other player in pro football history, San Francisco's Jerry Rice has used his gold fingers to become one of the greatest wide receivers ever to grace the NFL's gridiron. So this card's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I picked this one because, um, I mean, Jerry Rice, he's probably the greatest football player ever. Um, he's definitely an, an icon of the game. Uh, you know, especially just having done the Super Bowl, he was, I think he was Super Bowl MVP at least once, wasn't he? I'm sure he was, yeah. I think he was the MVP in the, the Broncos, no, not the Broncos one, the... Uh, the Bengals uh, one, the second Bengals, Bengals one, the second Bengals one, yeah, yeah, he could have been. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. I'm curious. We'll we'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is the the cool card I've got, and we'll show it here on YouTube, uh, so you can so all of you listeners can see it on there. It is our last chance now for the one through 99 numbers game. So what we do, Tyson, is I pick a number between one and 99, and you let me know which football player that wore that number comes to your mind first, and vice versa. You'll give me one, I'll give you one. All right, Tyson, your number this week is 83. 83. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What is that guy's name? The first guy that came to my mind uh, was that Falcons tight end uh, back in the day when Michael Vick was the quarterback. Uh, I I don't even know who that is. I I can't even think of someone. The this I can't even. Al, think. Algie Algie Crumpler. Crumpler. <laughs> yeah. Crumpler. I couldn't remember his name, but I can see him. Crumpler. Yeah. I guess the second one that came to mind was Wes Welker. Yeah, Wes Welker is a big one. I My first was J.J. Stokes. <laughs> okay. Back in the day, because we had a car to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Who else is there? That's kind of one of those lesser-used 80s numbers for... It is, isn't it? I mean, you think about numbers like 52 and uh, and 80... And, you know, and they're all just widely used, you know, but 83, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, one of them. Let's see. Do you remember uh, Mark Carrier? Yes. That name sounds familiar. He he played on the Panthers. I think we had a, the, the Panthers one. He played for the Buccaneers too, I think a long time ago, but yeah, uh, that we used to have a football card of him on the Panthers number 83. I remember that. Yes. Um, Andre Coleman was 83. The guy who had the kickoff return. All 29. The the only charger player we knew from the, that Super Bowl, or the only one who made a statement. (laughs) The only one that came to play at all. Yeah. Except for Rodney Harrison, but he didn't get to play. So (laughs) you're right. Yeah. 83, man. It's one of those things. That's, it's just a lesser used number for sure. But I think Wes Welker might be the most, uh, popular one. It seems like, but listeners, let us know, send us an email or hit us up on Twitter. If you disagree. <laughs> okay. So there's one, I, uh, definite icon for this one. Uh, number four, <laughs> Brett Favre came to mind first, um, for number four, he's definitely, He's definitely 
the number four in my mind, but I also thought of um, Derek Carr wears four. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that wears. Can you think of anyone else? Am I missing? So was Brett Favre the iconic one, or is there yeah. someone else that I'm missing? Yep. Brett Brett Favre is definitely the definitely the iconic one that I was thinking of. Uh, there's a uh, John. I don't know if you remember him. John Casey on the Panthers, that kicker. He oh yeah yeah he was number four. He was number four. We had I had a couple cards of him, and I think he still played on the Panthers when they played the Patriots way back when. In that super that first Super Bowl, the Panthers were in. Oh yeah, man i I cannot, I can't think of anyone else that's number four. But yeah. uh, Brett Favre's definitely, you know. He's, well, he's an NFL icon, first of all, but, I mean, uh, he's the iconic number four. I guess Case Keenum. <laughs> uh, oh, is or, Keenum number four? Keenum's number four. Oh, Dak Prescott's number four. Uh, oh, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's number four. <laughs> uh, oh, Jim Harbaugh wore number four for the Jim Colts. Jim Harbaugh was number four, wasn't he? He um, was. Champ Bailey wore number four in college, but not in the NFL. Uh, Adam Adam Vinatieri wears four. For oh, Vinatieri's four. There's a lot of fours, actually. I'm starting to, man, they're, they're starting to come out. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's definitely one of those numbers, once you get past far it's like who who has it you know but well yeah once once you kind of get thinking about it you know those other guys come out of the woodwork but yeah. that was a good that was a good trip down number four lane <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. so tyson how can our listeners get in touch with the show i, I mean we are heading into the off season so we're not going to answer the emails if you send them <laughs> but uh, what, what's our email address so you can reach us at direct snap podcast at gmail.com that's our email address, and even though uh, we we may or may not check uh, too much, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any ideas for what you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, we'll definitely try to add them in uh, to our off-season shows that we're planning on doing. I'm, and then I'm also... checking it right now. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We got some spam in there. <laughs> yeah, some spam. Twitter support for our locked account. <laughs> yeah. But send us mail. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we will be checking back uh, from time to time in the off season. So, so here's a funny story. You mentioned our our Twitter account being locked, uh, and this has nothing to do with anything. But it's kind of a funny story. Uh, so when I set up our Twitter account. Uh, which you can reach us at direct snap or direct. Oh, uh, never mind. I forgot what our Twitter handle is. I think it's Dad's Snap, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yep. At Dad's Snap. That's our <laughs> that's our Twitter handle. Um. So when I set up our Twitter account, it asked for a birthday, and I didn't want to put my birthday in there, so I put the date that we started the podcast, which was like December something, twenty eighteen. Uh, and uh, immediately when I put that in there, it locked the account and it said, <laughs> you are, you are too young to use Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? I had to, I had to email a picture of my driver's license to Twitter. Oh to prove, my 
gosh. <laughs> to prove that I was that I was older than one years old. Oh. <laughs> oh man. And That's Twitter. So yeah, and Twitter support unlocked the account, thankfully. But I, it was just. And I was about to write them a scathing email being like, you really think a one-year-old would set up a Twitter account? <laughs> like, it didn't even have a warning like, oh, if you if you put in this birthday, we're going to lock your account because you're too young. You know, like, it's like, I, I don't know. It was oh funny. My gosh. So, <laughs> so, yeah, tweet us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> that was a good plug for Twitter. So, tweet us. <laughs> on that stupid website. <laughs> yeah, we, we would love to hear from you. And also, just follow us. You don't even have to tweet us. Just follow us because I, I post the football cards on there. Uh, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, we'll post some uh, uh, some updates about the show and things like that. So uh, even if you don't uh, tweet to us, follow us and like our tweets and everything. And we'll, put, we'll probably put a tweet up saying when we're going to put another episode out here in the next few months and again the off season can get a little lame so we'll check in and play some fun games and give a little bit of news and uh tyson it has been a pleasure doing this podcast with you and i i look forward to next season <laughs> i i do too i th i think this has been great i want to thank those that have uh, stuck with us and have been listening uh we're we're grateful for you guys luke it's been it's been super fun to uh, put this together and i look forward to checking in throughout the off season and then when next season starts we'll we'll get going again bernie kozar has definitely the best food <laughs> <laughs> all right hey that sounds good to me listeners be sure to take care and have a wonderful week and a wonderful off season signing off this is luke and tyson with the direct snap dads podcast Direct snap, Dad. <laughs> Jack Squire. <laughs> this one's for job. <laughs> if I'm gonna build the perfect quarterback, uh, I'd start with an arm. Best arm probably be Troy. Arm strength, no doubt about it. Probably John Elway. Red Fox. <laughs> I would say myself, but I don't want to say that. Uh, release. There's not a better one to business than Dan Marino. Danny Marino has the quickest release. Dan Marino. Dan Marino does. We know Dan has that. Marino. Most guys can only dream of having his release. They've always said that I have the quickest release in terms of the feet and the legs. And Bernie Kozar has definitely the best feet. <laughs> <laughs>